Thank you for joining me today here on Bible Studies with Russ as we begin a new series looking at uh, this theme, Haunted. And in lesson one of this series, I want to begin by looking at <clears throat> how we can be haunted by regret. We want to begin by defining regret. It's a feeling of sadness, uh, repentance, and disappointment over something that has happened or been done. Regret can affect the Christian every day, and it's always on their mind. You know, even though we sin, we repent, and we know that when we truly repent that God forgives us of those things, sometimes those those things that we have done can haunt us. They can, we because we can be very disappointed about what we have done in the past. Maybe we've hurt someone. Maybe we've just simply done something that we really, really deeply regret, even after we have repented of it and we know the Lord forgives us of it, sometimes we can have that regret. And if we're not careful, as in one of the reasons why we're talking about this today, we can fail to see that Satan can use our regret against us. He can to begin to plant into our minds that we are not good enough, that we are such horrible people because we have done some some type of sin that what we can become convinced of is almost unforgivable. But friends, that's not really the case. The Bible tells us, as we were reminded there in 1 John, that when we truly repent of our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1 and verse 9. Well, let's begin by looking at our key text from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, looking at verses 8 through 10. Here the Bible says, For though I made you sorry with the letter, I, I did not. I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that, ye, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye may receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. As you look here in 2 Corinthians 8, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 7, verses 8 through 10, reading from the King James Version, we find here the idea that he, as Paul is saying this, it's not the idea that we are not simply sorry about what we've done, but the idea that our sorrow has led us, has caused a, a, a godly sorrow. That is, we were sorry that we have done this and that we have transgressed God's law, God's law by our sin. And that because of that, we desire to repent. We desire to come to God and come before Him and make those things correct before God. And so, as we look here in 2 Corinthians 7, 8 through 10, that's what we find. He says in verse 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, or as some translations say, not to be, to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. And we have this comparison, the idea of this sorrow of the world, because the sorrow of the world is one that isn't really true repentance. It's not one that's really uh, uh, sincere, so to speak. What causes regret? Well, we know that sin can cause regret. We find that mourning over our sins, as we look at Ezekiel chapter uh, 7, Ezekiel chapter 7, looking at verses 16 through 19. But they that escape of them shall escape, and shall be on the mountains like doves of the valleys, all, all of them mourning, every one for his iniquity. All hands shall be feeble, and all knees shall be weak as water. They shall also gird themselves with sackcloth, and horror shall, shall cover them, and shame shall be upon all faces, and baldness upon all their heads. 
They shall cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of wrath of the Lord. They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowels, because it is a stumbling block of their iniquity. We find here in verses 16 through 19 this mourning over their sins. He says, All hands shall be feeble, and all knees shall be weak as water. The idea that there is there. The idea there is they are, they are unable to stand because they are so overcome by the sin they have done, the mourning because of their sin. They, they cannot stand. Their hands are feeble. Their knees are weak. The, the horror, as he says here in verse 18, has overcome them. The guilt of their sin. Regret as we know, does not, doesn't take sin away. As we find in 2 Corinthians 7, and 2 Corinthians chapter 7, in looking at verse 9, the Bible says, Now rejoice in that you were made sorry, that is, not that you regret it, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. Meaning, he doesn't rejoice that they are regretting their sin. He rejoices that the regret moved them to godly sorrow that caused them to truly repent. Consider also Psalm 38. In Psalm 38, looking at verses 3 through 10, he says here in Psalm 38, verses 3 through 10, he says, there, no, there is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over mine head, and it has a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared, roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it has gone from me. As we find here in Psalm 38, 3 through 10, this idea of regret over their, over his sin. He says, you know, the way he describes this, he says there's no rest in any of his bones because of his sin. Meaning he is, he is he's talking about sleeplessness there in verse 3. My iniquities are gone over my head, meaning they have overcome him. He is overwhelmed. The burden, he says, is too heavy for him. Aren't we glad we can take our... We can go to God in prayer and the Christian and pray for forgiveness of our sins. We should be thankful that Christ has bore that burden for us. Because we, as we find here in verse 3, he says they are too heavy for him. He says, and he uses, he uses verse 4 here, or verse 5, he uses the way he describes the way he feels about sin. He says, my wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. Meaning what has resulted because of his sin, he says it's, it's like a stink and it's corrupt. He says, I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly, I go mourning all the day. He is humbled by his sin, by his actions. He says in verse 8, I am feeble and sore broken. He has a disquietness in his heart, he says in verse 8. He notice verse 9, Lord, all my desire is before thee, and all my groaning is not hid from thee. Meaning he, he's recognizing the Lord sees how he feels about his sin. And he regrets it. And we find in verse 10, My heart panteth, my strength faileth me, and for the light of mine eyes it is also gone from me. How do we solve that? We go to God in repentance. We see that sin, no doubt, causes regret. But also, let's look at how the consequences of sin causes regret. Not only does sin cause regret, but also the consequences, the results of sin, can also cause regret. 
If you look at First Chronicles chapter 21, in First Chronicles chapter 21, we find here that David had regret because of the consequences of his own actions. In First Chronicles 21, looking at verse 17, the Bible says, And David said to God, Is is it not that I commanded the people to be numbered? Even I, it is, it is that have, even I, it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Thy hand, I pray thee, O Lord. Let thy hand, I pray thee, O Lord, my God, be on me and my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. What is David pointing out there in verse 17? The consequences of his actions. He wants the punishment to come upon him, not upon the people. He wants to be punished for what he has done, and not the not those, uh, not the sheep, as he points out there in verse 17. Regret for a time is part the consequences of sin. Consider these words in Ezekiel chapter 36. In Ezekiel chapter 36, and looking at verse 31, here the Bible says, Then shall ye remember your evil, your own evil ways, and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. We find in verse 31 the remembering these sins, remembering these evil ways. Regret and the regret of sin should move us to true repentance. We we can be haunted by these things, but we also can work to put these things behind us when we take the steps that God has laid forth in His Word. Not only does sin cause regret, not only do consequences of sin causes, cause regret, but also, as we've already mentioned, at least in part, guilt causes regret. What is guilt? Guilt can be defined as, as being both a cognitive and an emotional experience that occurs when a person believes he or she has violated a moral standard and is responsible for that violation. We are the ones responsible. Paul no doubt felt guilt and regret for his past actions, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15 and looking at verse 9. Here the Apostle Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not to be called uh, that, I am not, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. You think Paul had regret over things he had done in the past? Absolutely he did. Did he recognize that he had been forgiven of that? I don't think there's any doubt there, but it still bothered him. It still, in many ways, haunted Paul. Also notice Galatians chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 1, looking here at verse uh, 13, here, Paul, here the Apostle Paul again says, For ye have heard of my conversion in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I pursued the church of God and wasted it, or plotted against it, you might say. Paul was well aware of his past. It did bother him. But also we want to notice that it did not prevent him from from moving forward and, and from obeying God and doing those things which are good and pleasing before God. Let's also notice next, as we look here again at this idea of being haunted, we want to look next at not only what, what causes regret, but we also want to look at how what regret can do to the Christian. What regret can do to the Christian. Can, it can make you feel unforgiven. It doesn't make you unforgiven, but it can make you feel unforgiven. Regret can, can make you convinced that God hasn't forgiven you of your sin or sins. Look with me at Psalm 103. 
In Psalm 103, looking with me at verse 12, here the Bible says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. When does he do that? When we repent of our sins and confess those things to God. The Christian can, can go to God in prayer and ask for those things to be forgiven. The non-Christian can come to God in obedience to the gospel, call, uh, obeying the, the word of God by hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized, and then remaining faithful. And we can have those sins wiped out by the blood of Christ as we obey the gospel, as we see in Acts 2, verse 38. And as a Christian, when we make mistakes, we can go to God in prayer, confess those things to Him. And again, He is faithful and just to forgive us of those things, First John 1 and verse 9. Regret makes you live the sin or sins over in your mind over and over again. Again, I believe firmly this is a tool or a, a avenue the devil uses to try to make us feel like, well, we shouldn't be doing anything for the Lord because we're not perfect. No, we're not. But, you know, neither was Peter, neither was Paul, neither were, were any of the apostles. That, doesn't keep, that didn't keep them from doing the will of God. Peter was far from perfect. He's one who many times, we believe, who, who acted pretty quickly, uh, sometimes pretty rashly. But he was still used by God. David, a man who is known for being a man, quote, after God's own heart. And one, of, one of the greatest sins throughout the Bible that we know of is David with Bathsheba. Isn't it sad that we think of David, but oftentimes when we think of David, we don't just think of David and Goliath. We think of David and Bathsheba. See, sins can haunt people. They don't have to, but they often do. Uh, regret can do things to the Christian, like make you feel like you have been you haven't been forgiven. But regret can also cause unfaithfulness. Regret can cause the Christian to feel as if they can do nothing right, or they cannot possibly be, possibly be right in the sight of God ever again. If you look at Psalm seventy-three. Looking at Psalm 73, and looking with me at verses 21 through 24, here the Bible says, Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I, and ignorant. I was, a, I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. We find here that regret can cause us to feel like we can't do anything right. He says, I was foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Talking about being before God. But notice also what he says there in verse 23 and 24 of Psalm uh, 73. He says, nevertheless, meaning regardless of my sins, no doubt he has repented of those things. That's why he says what he does in verse 23 and 24. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. I am continually with God. Thou hast holding me by my right hand. That is, God has held him by his right hand. God has been there with him. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, we know that today being from God's word, and after to receive me to glory, a reference to being received up to be with God and Christ and all the faithful in the heavenly home. As a result of regret making us possibly feel like we, cannot, we have not for being, been forgiven, as a re result of regret possibly causing us to be unfaithful, the Christian may, may become unfaithful because of guilt, because of regret, Sin requires repentance, which, which results in forgiveness. 
The consequences of sin, including the sins one has repented of, can cause the Christian to live in the pit of regret and guilt, instead of determining to learn from their mistakes and grow in their love for God. See, there are two paths after forgiveness of sin. We can feel like, well, I've done so many things. I've done this sin. Yes, God has forgiven me of this. We should recognize that when we truly repent. But you feel so bad about it. That's not uncommon and not wrong, per se, for a short, for a time. But friends, if we cannot live in the past of our sin, imagine if we only dwelt on the things we've done wrong in our life. It would be hard for us to try to help reach out to the loss around us if all we keep looking at is our own, are the thoughts that we have made in the past. We can't do that. We must remember that the Christian can either uh, live in the pit of regret and guilt, or we can determine to learn from our mistakes and grow in a love for God. How can the Christian overcome regret? We can do that by remembering that forgiveness is real. God forgives all those who repent. If you look at Psalm 103, Psalm 103, looking at verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, and healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. How many iniquities does he forgive? The Bible says all. How many diseases does he heal? The Bible says all. He forgives our sins when we repent of those things. God forgives sins and casts them away, as you see in Psalm 103, dropping down to verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression, transgressions from us. We also can overcome regret when we remember that regret can be a tool of Satan. Forgiveness should, be, should bring comfort, though Satan can use regret to hinder the Christian. If you look at Psalm 32, Psalm 32, and looking with me at verse uh, 3. Here the Bible says, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. He said, When you kept silent, forgiveness should bring comfort. But Satan caused us to do what? To be hindered. As we find in verse 3, what is he doing? He kept silent, and he felt like he was what? Growing older. And just becoming more and more weary because he was only thinking about his past sins. Friends, we must work to be those who, when we sin, we confess those things to God, repent of those things truly, and we work to put those things behind us. Our actions and our sins, yes, they have consequences. But friends, we don't have to dwell upon them each and every day. We can work to put those things behind us. Remember that they are part of our past and not part of our present. While regret and guilt over sin is normal, it should not keep us from striving to live righteously before God. Because only can it keep us from living right before God, can also keep us from reaching out to the world around us. You so desperately need God and need His forgiveness. And as we close, regret can be allowed, uh, cannot be allowed to cause the Christian to despair forever. It's not wrong to have despair and sorrow over our sins. But friends, we cannot allow it to hinder us because if we're not careful, we can allow it to, to keep us from doing the will of God. In 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 9, here the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, Now rejoice, that, not that you were made sorry, or ye have regret, but ye sorrowed to repentance. That is, your regret brought you to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that is, they had godly sorrow over their sins, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. This tells us, as you find in verse 10, their godly sorrow brought them to the desire to repent. Friends, when we 
realize that God forgives us and that we may have regret and sorrow over our sins, but we cannot allow ourselves to become haunted by those things because if we're not careful, sin and the regret of our sin and the sorrow of it can become something that just consumes us. But friends, let us remember the love of God and how much He cares for us. God wants to forgive us of our sins, wants us to learn from our mistakes, and He wants us to continue to serve Him each and every day. And we cannot do that. We allow ourselves to be haunted by regret. I do thank you for being here with me today. Hope you have enjoyed this Bible study. And I'll be joining you again next time as we continue looking at this series of Haunted.